Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the podcast novel Beneath. Um, I'm really excited to get started with this. I think you guys are going to really love it. You're going to get to listen to the novel, whether it's in the podcast or on YouTube or on Facebook. And this is something that Jonathan and I on our combined uh, podcast channel or sorry, YouTube channel. On our combined YouTube channel, uh, Wright and Patrick, we're really excited to present every Friday a new episode of a long-form fiction product, so a podcast novel. And we're getting started with my first book, Beneath. It's a monster story. I think you're going to love it. So let's go ahead and get started. We have two chapters for you today. This is episode one, and I'll get back to you at the end. Prologue, ten years ago. Robert Moody stepped out onto his back porch, allowing the screen door to swing back with a snap, the cool morning air tickling the skin of his face while it also played the devil at his already aching knees. He watched his own breath rise in white clouds of vapor as he slowly stepped off his back porch, his boots crunching into the frosty, muddy ground. Baby Bear, his German shepherd, pushed his way through the same screen door and trotted down the porch steps, passing Robert, nose to the ground, tongue flapping out to one side. The dog struck out into the tall grass just in front of Robert, sniffing loudly as he chased new smells from the night before. Robert let out a long sigh. It was cold, and he didn't want to do this. It would be warmer later. He could go check the trot lines then. But then again... That would mean extra hours for the snakes and turtles in the creek to dine on his fish. No, Robert decided, better to go now. Besides, Robert knew, this week above all others, he needed to stay busy. Busy enough to dull the aching and sorrow in his soul. To distract him from the dark memories the next several days would bring. Robert let out a whistle to call his dog and started his way down to the creek stopping by at his small, rusty shed to gather his tackle box and a five-gallon bucket. The bucket was to carry the fish. Sadness pulled at him from the inside, a darkness that grabbed at him, making his arms heavy and his stomach like a sack of mud. Had it been ten years? Only ten years since Charlie disappeared? It felt like a lifetime ago. Memories took shape before Robert's eyes, Police lights flashing outside his house, night after night. The desperate phone calls, the interviews on TV and the radio. The hundreds of volunteers that searched the creek for miles, walked along both sides of it. The dogs that ran off into the night, barking after sniffing some of Charlie's clothes. But in the end, there was nothing to find. Charlie was gone. Two months shy of being a teenager a freckled, mischievous boy that loved mountain biking and video games and firecrackers. Robert got down to the bank of the creek, where his boat, a dirty aluminum canoe, was tied to a small, twisted mesquite tree. He caught his reflection in the still water of the creek. The water was always clearest as winter approached. Robert barely recognized himself. He looked old. He felt old. In the water, 
He also saw, just for a moment, Jenny staring back at him. His dear Jenny, eyes always red and puffy during that time. She always either just finished crying or on the verge of tears. Her face was always swollen, her cheeks blotches of desperate red. She didn't blame Robert for Charlie going missing. At least, that's what she would reassure him by saying. She left Robert a note the night she left. He awoke to it on her pillow. I just couldn't stay here anymore, the note had said. I can't relive Charlie disappearing every morning. I can't keep living like this. You are part of that land and that creek, Robert, and that land is part of you. I can't ask you to leave it. So just stay, but I can't live there anymore. Nine years ago, she left. The divorce came five years later. Robert never understood it, but how could he fight it? How could he tell Jenny that she had to stay and remain sad forever? Having untied the canoe, Robert paddled down the creek, the sharp aluminum tip slicing through the cold water's surface. On one side, baby bear splashed into the cold water. Robert hoped he wouldn't get sick. It was especially chilly this morning. The sun was steadily rising. Already, Robert didn't see his breath anymore. Everything was brighter, the sky above more gold than gray now. This was his favorite part of the day, always had been. The moment when night finally gave up and disappeared, taking the last of dawn with it. The difference could be felt in the air, in the songs the birds made, in the way everything around that creek smelled of new life. It was nature's rush hour, everything getting to work, ready to get a jump on the day's activities. For a moment, Robert allowed the morning to give him happiness. He needed the distraction, no matter how fleeting. He checked the first trot line pulling on the thin string as it stretched across the creek, tied to trees on opposite sides, studying each weight and hook spaced along the line. All the hooks were empty. Turtles probably ate the bait. He kept rowing on. Baby Bear climbed up onto the far bank, disappearing into the woods beyond, the maze of mesquite, shrubs, and cactus, the dog's nose to the ground again. This was going to be a hard week. Robert knew it. Charlie disappeared ten years ago tomorrow. Robert would give his left arm to avoid reliving the next couple of weeks, remembering the searches, the investigation, the sleepless nights, and the eventual dying of his hope. Even now, a full decade later, it wasn't any easier. The pain none more distant than it was the day it happened. Robert reached the second trot line, but quickly found that it was empty as well. Strange. The final hook on that line was bloody, the tattered remains of what was probably some part of a fish, dangling in the cold water. Robert scowled. No turtles hooked. No fish. No gar. He almost never had a night of zero catches. His bait always worked. But it wasn't a complete surprise. The fish had been fewer the last few days, like they had all decided to swim off to another part of the river. But this was a whole new level. The dog came back, splashing once again in the water, swimming alongside the canoe. Robert paddled on. 
He didn't see when Baby Bear crawled out of the water again. He was just on the bank the next time Robert noticed, pushing his happy way through the tall grass, nose first. Robert finally got to the third and final trot line. This was near where the water was deepest. He usually got the biggest fish here. He reached down to pull the line up out of the water, the white string barely visible beneath the surface. But a noise stopped his hand an inch from the water. Baby Bear had started to growl. Robert looked up, finding the dog at the bottom of the nearest bank, near the water line, baring his teeth, staring down into the water just under where Robert was about to put his hand. Whoa, boy, what is it? Robert's voice was hoarse. He barely used it these days, living alone, whistling to the dog instead of speaking most of the time. The dog continued to snarl at the water. Robert wondered at this. Could be a snake, or a big fish, or a turtle. But Baby Bear had been raised on this creek. He was barely a puppy when Charlie disappeared. Jenny had left the dog with Robert, which Robert had always appreciated, even down to this day. Baby Bear was Robert's family, his constant companion. The dog wasn't spooked easily, except sometimes by thunder. If something was bad enough to get Baby Bear's attention, Robert figured he'd better pay heed to it. Slowly, Robert leaned back into the center of the canoe. He picked up his oar and started turning the canoe. Better safe than sorry. The dog kept growling, refusing to move, even as Robert started back down the creek, leaving the third trot line to check later. Robert whistled, calling to the dog, paddling slowly so his furry friend could catch up. Baby Bear's growling stopped. There was a splash. Robert hesitated, lifting his paddle and allowing momentum to float him along. He expected the dog to come swimming up next to the canoe, but there was nothing. Robert tried looking over his shoulder, paddling on one side to turn the canoe back again. He heard another splash, a yelp, high and quick, then silence. The boat turned with excruciating slowness. When Robert could finally see behind, there was nothing. Quiet, still water, the sight draining Robert's face of all warmth. Where was the darn dog? A thump under the canoe rocked it in place. Then a second, more violent than the first. Robert held his breath, looking around. He didn't have his gun. He sometimes took it to the creek with him, in case of snakes, but with the November cold, he figured the rattlers were sleeping in warm holes in the ground. A third bump threatened to turn the boat over. Robert held his paddle like a weapon, ready to smack the water. He leaned over to one side, looking into the water. What could it be? A gator? There weren't alligators in West Texas. Hadn't been for as long as Robert could remember. Then what? A dark shadow passed under the water, large, easily as big as two men. Robert leaned forward to get a better look. A hard thump to the opposite side of the canoe sent it rolling over. The surface of the water slapped Robert in the face, cold and cruel. Then he was under, his boots reaching down for the mud below. He knew the creek wasn't deep here, but it was deeper than he thought. He sank slowly, thrashing, reaching down with the toes of his boots. Air rushed out of his lungs when he realized something was reaching for him, too. 
something strong coming up from below. Claws and teeth and pain and blood. The golden light of morning above taunted Robert as he stared up, up at the surface, at a world he'd never see again. He was pulled down as the water around him turned red. He closed his eyes, thinking of Charlie and Jenny. Even with his eyes closed, he saw red. Then he saw black. Then nothing ever again. Chapter 1 Present The West Texas Highway stretched in front of the car, perfectly straight, bright in the morning sun, the pavement shining gray to silver in the distance. To one side unfolded endless flat fields of cotton, mostly harvested by now, November, the small plants looking brown and crunchy. On the other side, there is nothing but an overgrown wilderness, mesquite trees, tall grass, and prickly pear cactus as large as small cars. Alex Trejo, 16 years old, squinted as he looked out at the bright road, cursing himself for forgetting his sunglasses at home. Just another reason to hate this little road trip. Gabriel Trejo, Alex's younger cousin, sat in the passenger seat, watching the trees go by. He hummed to himself just loud enough to drive Alex crazy. Alex made the sound of clearing his throat. Gabriel looked over, apologizing with his eyes. The humming stopped. This was the fourth time in the last 25 minutes Alex had to stop his little cousin from humming. His level of annoyance was reaching critical mass. Alex wondered absently how much trouble he'd get into if he left Gabriel on the side of the road and made him walk the rest of the way to their uncle's ranch. More trouble than Alex was already in, that was for sure. This whole trip was punishment for Alex. All over a stupid little prank. Taking Gabriel out to Uncle Nacho's ranch was going to shorten Alex's grounding by a week, according to his mom. But was it worth it, having to deal with this 11-year-old loser? Gabriel pulled out his cell phone. Alex put his eyes and his mind back on the road. This whole thing was so stupid. It was only a prank, a joke. Vice Principal Dillard could usually take a joke. Besides, Alex had been lied to. His friends assured him the spray paint was the kind that would wash off with water. How was he supposed to know it would permanently damage Mr. Dillard's car? You're lucky he didn't press charges, Alex's mom had said. And the only reason you're not suspended is because I pleaded with him to go soft on you. You promised him you'd punish me way worse than they ever could, Alex had countered. But it didn't matter what Alex would say. Two weeks in detention and four weeks grounded at home. That was the punishment his mom and Vice Principal Dillard had worked out together. This trip? Yeah, it would take away a week of punishment. It wasn't like Alex was allowed to do anything else on a Saturday, anyway, grounded as he was. So he'd accepted the deal, agreed to drive his cousin for a day in exchange for softer sentencing. Music suddenly erupted from the car stereo, making Alex jump. Feeling heat rise in his face, Alex turned to stare at Gabriel. The younger boy's eyes were wide. Sorry, 
I thought you'd want some music, since you don't like me humming. The bouncy music continued to blare, some honky-tonk country trash. Alex gripped the wheel so tight his knuckles started turning white. Turn that off, he said, trying to keep his voice calm. Gabriel let out a long sigh, turning the music down instead of off, all through the Bluetooth connection to his phone. You don't like country, right? Let me download some rock or something. Why rock? Alex was shaking his head. Well, I just thought, you know, from, from the way you dress. Alex glanced down at his own clothes, black jeans and black t-shirt. What, just because I wear black means I like rock? Gabriel's voice was small. I don't know. You mean you don't? Alex tapped the brakes, slowing the car down. A small green sign read, Carlson Creek, with a white arrow. This was their turn. It doesn't matter what music I like. I don't want to listen to music right now. Got it? Gabriel shut the music off, putting his phone back in the pocket of his blue jeans. Fine. I just thought you'd like it since you can't listen to music at home, right? Because you're grounded? What do you know about that? Nothing, Gabriel said quickly. The smaller road they turned onto was not as smooth as the state highway. The car rocked back and forth as they entered the wilderness, tall trees shading them along the way. It doesn't matter anyway, I guess, Gabriel said. What doesn't matter? The music. I can't download anything anymore. Alex glanced at his cousin, confused. We lose signal over here, remember? Gabriel explained. Any minute now, no signal, no bars, no internet. Uncle Nacho only has internet because he has satellite. The car continued along the narrow road as it curved one way, then the other. The trees getting taller, the cacti larger, tiny blue butterflies fluttered through the air. I'm glad you could take me, Gabriel said. I really appreciate it. Yeah, whatever, like Alex had a choice. An old house passed by on one side of the road, long abandoned. Another appeared on the opposite side, the building half collapsed. A few minutes later, they passed three houses in a row. Then what once was a general store and a few other buildings. Alex couldn't remember what they were. That was the school and that was the library. Gabriel said, as if he could read Alex's mind. I never get tired of looking at those, do you? Alex rolled his eyes, but at the same time, he couldn't hide his curiosity either. Carlson Creek, Texas. It had been a ghost town for at least twice as long as Alex had been alive. Almost nobody lived out here anymore. Why Gabriel wanted to come out here in the first place was beyond Alex. Then an idea came to him. Hey, you like the buildings here, right? Alex said, slowing the car down. Why don't we take your pictures here, instead of the creek, I mean? Gabriel seemed to be considering it. Alex pushed harder on the brakes, slowing his mom's car almost to a stop. Just say yes, Alex thought, and we can be home in under an hour. Gabriel scrunched up his nose. Nah, I already told my teacher I was taking pictures of the creek. I should stick with that. Alex sighed. Fine. He hit the gas, rolling down the road. It was worth a try. That was the whole point of this trip. Take pictures for Gabriel's school project. He had to design a magazine article, or something like that. 
he had to take pictures of a place that was special to him and write about it. Why couldn't he just pick something back in town? Why did he have to come half an hour out of town to their uncle's ranch? Alex was sure it was all just to torture him, making him play chauffeur all day. The road turned again, and the car went through a wide cattle gate, the tires vibrating as they drove over the grill. Cars could pass these kinds of gates, but cows couldn't, supposedly, at least not without breaking a leg. The road wasn't dirt, but it was barely paved at this point, bumpier than ever. They rounded a loose bend, passing another abandoned house, this one not as run down as the others. Gabriel practically jumped out of his seat. You know what that house is? Yeah, uh, Mr. Muddy? Moody, Gabriel corrected. Old man Moody. Robert Moody. Disappeared ten years ago. My uncle told me over the phone. It was almost exactly ten years ago today. Can you believe it? Hmm. Alex rolled his eyes again. And you know what they say happened to him? Alex sighed. He knew what happened when his cousin got this excited. His voice would get irritating, and he'd be impossible to shut up. There was nothing stopping him now. He was eaten by the monster in the creek, old Susie. That's just a campfire story. Oh yeah? Then why didn't they ever find old man Moody's body? Washed away in the river, probably. It's a creek, not a river. Gabriel was getting loud. That means it's narrow and it barely flows. So how did he wash away? Alex had no answer. And did you know that his son disappeared ten years before him? Old Susie probably killed him, too. Alex raised an eyebrow, smirking. You think so? Come on! It's too much of a coincidence. Alex slowed down as he followed the narrow, bumpy road, squinting into the bright, mid-morning sun. Of course, he'd heard most of these stories before, back when he used to visit the ranch too. They used to come out here and camp, when Alex's dad was alive. Alex pushed those memories out of his mind, but a new thought came to him. Hey, you said the boy was eaten 20 years ago? Alex asked. Uh-huh. And old man Muddy, Moody, was eaten ten years ago? Right. Gabriel's voice was squeaky. It was so excited. So, Alex pretended to be deep in thought. So what? So what if this monster comes out once every decade, and we're going to the creek to take pictures, right? What if old Susie comes for us? It's about time for her to take another victim. Gabriel didn't answer for a long time. Well, that probably won't happen. His voice was calm, but timid, small. How do you know? Alex let the thought fester in his cousin's head before delivering the final blow. So maybe we should just take pictures of something at Uncle Nacho's ranch and go home, stay away from the creek, from old Susie. The car rumbled along the road. Gabriel was quiet for several seconds. Alex's hope rose with each breath he took. Did it work? Gabriel burst out laughing. Come on, you're so desperate to not go down to that creek? Alex cursed under his breath. So close. Nah, we'll be fine, Gabriel said. The creek is so low now because of this year's drought. Old Susie is probably miles away, you know? 
Alex frowned. He pressed harder on the gas, wanting to just get this over with. She's probably miles away, Gabriel said again, quieter, as if to himself. Alex grinned. His cousin was quiet, scared. He decided not to bring it up again, not yet. If he played his cards right, this monster story could help cut their trip short. Alex just needed Gabriel's fears to breathe, to grow on their own. The road curved again, allowing old man Moody's house to stay in sight a bit longer as they were circling around that property. Alex saw Gabriel watching the house in the distance, nose to the window, totally quiet. Okay, guys, I hope you love the first two chapters of Beneath. Um, just a note, this first episode is probably the only episode for a while that's going to have two chapters. Starting with next week's episode, there will only be one chapter with uh, each episode of the podcast novel. Uh, I just wanted to get a nice double start with the first episode, you know, kind of like TV shows, the pilot would usually have, would be double double long, be a two-episode pilot, and they'd usually show both of those episodes back-to-back to really generate hype and get people really into the show. So I kind of wanted to do something similar here. And also, you probably noticed um, in the chapters that the prologue, the first chapter we listened to today, uh, that is you know, somebody else, not the main character that we're going to be following along uh, for the entire rest of the novel. And so I didn't want to finish the first episode of the podcast without introducing the main characters, Alex and Gabriel Trejo. So by doing the first two chapters, or rather the prologue in chapter one, we're able to get that little introduction that the prologue does, but then we're able to go ahead and introduce the main characters. And so those are the guys you'll see next week in the second episode, starting with chapter three. We'll continue to follow Alex and Gabriel on their adventure. So I'm really excited about this. I hope you enjoy it. Please leave me a comment uh, if you liked it, or if you have any suggestions, or you have any thoughts. Um, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the other content that we have coming out here on Wright and Patrick. We have some great videos coming up in the next couple of weeks, and I think you're going to really love them. So I was just excited to get this started. So it's really the first video on the podcast, <laughs> on the YouTube channel. I keep saying podcast channel. So it's the first video on the YouTube channel. If you're just listening to this as a podcast, then uh, you won't get any of the other content that we have on our YouTube channel. You'll just get every episode of this podcast novel. So you really can choose how you want to consume this content and you know what things you want to listen to, what things you don't care about. You know, I wanted to give you guys that kind of option because you know everyone's different, and I don't expect you to love everything that we put out. But uh, if you just love one thing or two things, that's great. But if you're listening to this as a podcast, definitely hop over to our YouTube channel. Again, that's called Wright and Patrick. Uh, Wright spelled W-R-I-G-H-T and Patrick. I'll put the link in the show notes 
for the podcast and in the description for the YouTube video. And if this goes to Facebook, I'll put them wherever you put them in Facebook. They're going to be everywhere. They'll be readily available. I'll try to make sure it's not too hard to find the stuff that, you know, I want you to find. So be sure to check those show notes and those descriptions. Show notes, show notes. <laughs> what was that? Be sure to check those show notes and those descriptions so uh, you can see whatever links that I might mention uh, in the little outros for these episodes. So that's it for this week. Uh, can't wait to, to talk to you guys uh, next Friday with a new episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>